Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Motor Cult Podcast. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by Ryan Sinitsky. Hello there. How's it going this week? Fantastic. We Fabulous. are sponsored by nobody. We are, yeah, that's currently, right, we are sponsored Your by Your name nobody. here. Uh, okay. Well, be that as it may, we have no sponsors. We also have a guest with us today, Nick Johannes. Hello, Nick. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. Do you like cats? I love them. I also like cats. That's good. Um, let's move right into beer. Yes, let's. I and have... The first IPA that we're ever going to have here, possibly the only, um, Abel uh, Beer, First Light, American IPA. Uh, had a friend of mine from Abel stop by work, drop him off. So What a nice fellow. Yeah, see, he is. It's one of those things where it, not liking IPAs, like, <laughs> I, it, it puts me in like a weird like curb your enthusiasm situation mm. where... Somebody gives me a free beer. Like, I can't say I don't like IPAs. So you are Larry David. Yeah, and, and then people just assume I like IPAs, and they keep giving me more IPAs. And hmm. they end up with, like, endless IPAs that I don't like, but that, I'm, I don't want to be... a great a, name for an IPA. Endless IPA. <laughs> endless IPAs that I don't like. <laughs> 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 All right, well, anyway, let's crack her open. That sounded pretty delicious. Yeah, it does. It's... And what are you drinking, Nick? Well, this is the Castle Danger Ale. It's good, like everything else they make. Is that cream ale? Castle? Yes. I didn't cre- know they canned that. That's one of my favorite beers Wait, that's ever. Wait, that's not the cream ale. Isn't it? That's well, the red ale. It? it was in the fridge. Oh, it's good. Yeah. No, they cre- they can the cream ale. That Castle Danger is the most consistently that delicious. Beer is excellent. Uh, brewery. It's very good. But let's try this Abel. You know what? As far as an IPA goes, that seems pretty non-offensive. Yeah, it doesn't feel like I just dropped several leaky nine volts into my mouth, so this mm, is pretty this good. Is, yeah, that's pretty good for an IPA. Good, mm. good job, Abel. You, yeah. guys, <laughs> you guys will get there. <laughs> yeah, we are but we tots, apparently. So a- Abel now joins the <clears throat> uh, ranks of IPAs that I like, which also includes Bauhaus Wagon Party. And I love Bauhaus's cans. They're ba- like my favorite yes. design pieces ever. Bauhaus Wagon Party and... <clears throat> Nobody else. So that's it is, fair. It is a collection of two IPAs that I like, <laughs> or rather, I, that I tolerate. No, no. Again, <laughs> I don't mind like a good quality IPA, but I never start off my drinking with an IPA. I just I don't. That's hard. So it's one of those things like if I if I is it smart because those things put you on your face later. Well, it'll ruin your palate. Like oh, okay. if you yeah if you do the IPA first, you're not tasting anything else after that. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, oh, IPAs are just nothing but hops. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, um, spill some on my kitty, Nick. Who are you? I don't know. I've been trying <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> well, Fair. if you don't know, well, what, what do you what do you drive? What do you drive? We have questions that'll help you learn who you are. Yes, that will oh, bring those okay. momentarily. Yeah, uh, well, current, you're current, about to find yourself. Yeah, I mean, like here, here I drove my E46. Yeah, but it's not just any E46. Oh yes, it's a ZHP. It's, oh, it's very exclusive. <laughs> very exclusive. What is a ZHP E46? It's like a mine. It's like a sport sport package. A sport sport. Well, it's a sport yeah. sport it's package. Three thirty sport package from 06. Right. Sorry, 0306. 0306 sport sport package. So it okay. comes with like E46 M3 front control arms, a little bit better steering rack, yep. much nicer steering wheel, but not an M. Right. Yeah. Cool. So you get all the fun without looking like a douche. Pretty much, yeah. They're pretty respectable cars. I mean, well, I mean, not not that the M3 makes you look like a douche, but, oh, but like, it, it does. you you can fly you can fly under the radar more with a 330i with a ZHP, yeah, package. And his is white, so it really blends into. Yeah. Most oh my the, god! Yeah, you are just a, you were just a normal boob in traffic. Yeah, I like it. Do you have NPR on your radio right now? 
I like all podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, is this podcast one of your podcasts? It is. Oh, there we excellent. go. That's the <laughs> correct answer. I don't even care if he's just brown nosing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I don't. Really. That's the correct answer. <laughs> I had to do research before I'm going to be on the show. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. All he right. did bring up a topic that we brought up on the last episode with Kua. So, okay, I know yeah, he cool. was actually listening. So there you go. That's that's nice. Well, let's jump into the questions that will help you find yourself. Now, actually, no, screw that. You've got another car. You tell me about that one. Yes. What's your other car? Oh, I don't know what it is. Well, I, I know you have multiple don't. other cars, but tell me about the one I care about. Oh, which one do you care about? The, the trash bag interior. Oh, one. yes, the Corvette. Yeah, 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 that one. Why do you care about a Corvette? It's a C6Z06. Those are good. They're very good cars, Ryan. I, w- I wish I could audibly blink. I, 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 I was, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our new I don't give a shit bell. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, like a get back on track bell. It, it will be rung in, like, instantaneously the second I say Duesenberg. <laughs> 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 Nick has kindly provided us with a <laughs> studio bell <laughs> and a studio chime, which I can no longer reach. But anyway, um, please tell me about the Corvette. Well, I, I think uh, I, w- I was where you are on it based on your reaction not too long ago. The Corvette is a strange thing. Actually, to, to be honest, I, I don't, I don't dis- dislike the Corvette. I did. But it's, well, yeah, no, I trust you, I did. Yeah. I still but, dislike its interior and stuff, but it's, I mean, if you want a car to, like, drive and do, like, drivey things with. I think that the C4 Corvette is probably oh, one. It's I love that Arguably car. my favorite American post-war car. Ryan and, and I and we just, just like, did an air high five. We yeah. can't quite reach each other across this yeah. massive wooden table. Plus, if we did, I'd probably knock the whole microphone off of the table this and ruin really everything. Good. But anyway. Uh, tell me about your C6 Z06. Well, I guess I, I started racing a C5. Okay. And like a uh, stock C5? So you just you got it as a race car, just specifically. Well, it's a C5 with a truck motor, actually. Like a 5.3? Like yeah, a 4.8 uh, initially. <laughs> and then it, then it had an iron block 5.3, and now it's got an aluminum 5.3. Oh, I thought it had an iron 6.0 in it now. Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. Interesting. So you have it's got it's a, like a late model pickup motor or something like an 08 pickup motor 53. This is from a Trailblazer. Oh, okay. I, I got you. Which yep. is yeah. the same thing. Yeah. 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 So, so I was gonna say the aluminum ones are only in the later model trucks and like the Trailblazer and the SSR. Not all of our listeners are know much about General Motors small block engines, but they of the LS engines they make. I'm gonna generalize the name LS. That's I don't fine. Know all the exact engine yeah. codes. So I knew what you LS, were talking about. Otherwise, of the LS, they you. make an iron block and an aluminum block version. The right. aluminum came out first, and that was in the C5. Mm-hmm. And then they later the released body. yes, and they later released the iron block in pickup trucks. And yep. they you can swap them back and forth indefinitely. Yep. So the Gen Four small block series is pretty much a Tinker Toy motor, yep. even more and so than the earlier. That's kind of part that adds to the whole thing of right. why people swap them in there. And everything. they're very cheap, very reliable, very power dense, and yes. they take to modification quite well. Although I will say the C six zero six is kind of a unique Gen Four small block, and the fact that it's a four twenty seven, but it's still a small block. That is actually really weird, and it still revs to the moon, which is good considering it's got dinner plates for valves. Yep. <laughs> Isn't it like a two-inch exhaust valve or something, or intake valve? Well, it's just one for air to go in and one for it to come out. Well, actually, well, more, I know, but isn't more, it just, like more the, importantly as a push rod too? The G, yeah. the G loading or whatever on those valves, like the valve train is under so much stress. Yeah, and and it's got a push rod too, which is like yes. not what you <clears throat> usually use for a high revving engine. Correct, but the engine I mean, is, is well, kind of so that's an interesting thing because I was on that same line of thinking. But why not? I no, mean, I mean, yeah. If you can make it survive, why if, not? yeah, if you can, like that, that would make sense. But I mean, like, 
no, there's just there's more moving parts. There's more more rotating mass. So that's I think that I think that's the logic behind that. I'm not sure exactly. Though. Even I a could, pretty heavy I valve could be spring. Wrong. I don't know. I, you can't moving an overhead cam is a lot of extra mass. That yep. is true. That is very true. Yeah. And you got more oil so. bearings and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think the small block is still. Uh, it's still a perfectly good. It's engine. still net positive when it comes to valve train mass. Even yeah. Over like a really really light overhead cam engine but i mean overhead cam still has a lot of other advantages too so you just have to kind of weigh it but yeah people have engineered around all the issues of a small block yeah no general motors has really been kind of beating that horse since the 50s right never gonna stop it's just like porsche on the 911 like we're not moving the engine yeah and that's and that's perfectly fine i you you know how i feel about it it is okay i like i love old technology so i I do the fact that it's still yeah exactly the fact that it's still going is great so with your corvette what kind of racing do you do with it uh, well, mine's just a street car. Uh, oh. The the C5 we were in in the uh, World Racing League. Okay. We had a race two weeks ago at Road America. Yes. And uh, finished third on you Saturday. S- you said we ran like you're not, you don't have the C5 anymore, or do you still have it? Oh, it was, yeah, it's, it's not mine. It's, it's yeah. oh, Okay. Oh, okay. That's what I was wondering. Yep, I'm just a driver. Um, I like that in-car video you sent me of that, like, Miata or whatever. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. The Corvette blows by, and the guy's like, holy fuck! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear, holy fuck! Great. Everybody asked me if that was that was me driving, but uh, we have no way to know, but all of us are pretty good at the straight part, so. Oh, it's a Corvette, <laughs> so. It does both parts pretty well. Yeah. Now, so, C5s are transverse uh, leaf in the back, right? Yep. Are they fiberglass oh, leaves or are they something else? Uh, they're carbon composite leaf spring in the front and the back. Wow. That's a transverse leaf in the front too? Yep. Really? Why am I not more of a fan of a Corvette? It's like everything I like. But I think it's like it's it's all the it's all the stupid has, technology that I like. He has sent me links to many Corvettes. He's like, hey, here's this link. Just do with whatever you want with I, it. Well, I think it, it, that kind of leads to why I like the C4 because I, I like I really like eighty cars. I mean, I'm wearing a shirt with a wireframe Testarossa on it. Yeah, um, a facelift C4 is my jam. Uh, any C4, it's fine. I just I want like, the ZR1. Yeah, I want the one with the, the saw blade wheels. I, I don't even oh, care yeah. what whatever the cheapest C4 I can get is because the whole yeah. appeal of it is L98 the fact, with the four speed. Yeah, perfect convertible. Like I whatever the cheapest C4 <laughs> I can get is is the one I want because Fair I don't want to I really hope yeah. you get a C4. I, I do. I that might be my next car. Oh, that'd be if, super cool. I, it'll either be a do C4. It. It's gonna be like a <laughs> a really bad C4, or it's gonna be like a second gen Celica Supra. Might be a cappuccino, but it's gonna be one of those three. Yeah, I think you should do C4. Yeah, put a truck motor in it. <laughs> it's like four hundred bucks. Now, as it as it leave the stock the stock engine and take the stupid fuel injection off and put a carburetor on it, so yeah, I can let can, the battery go dead. You and can not still wave out catalogs at the Gen threes pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. I, I think other than the cylinder heads, the block is the exact same as, uh, as all the older small block Chevys. It's very similar. There's differences in uh, drilled holes for like mounting points, and there's some differences in the bottom end for the bearing clearances. And stuff, but I mean, but it's like, almost the same from yep. fifty-five to eighty. No, ninety. 2002. So it's still a 5.7 liter. <laughs> I can still put aluminum heads on it. I can still put a carburetor on it. Correct. It makes stupid V8 noises, and I'm yeah. perfectly fine with that. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it is unfairly easy yeah. to make power with a small block Chevy. So. And that, that's that's kind of the appeal of it. I was, I was, I was talking to Jana the other day. Uh, actually, I, I, I was kind of thinking about it because there was... As there's two really cool, like, boogie vans with, like, wizards, like, painted on the side of them, and over by where I work 
And then I saw a dude with like a mint white Trans Am 350 GTA. Uh-huh. And then a few hours later, I saw an Iraq Z convertible. And I'm like, I want something stupid with a small box Chevy in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I've been tempted to you know, buy something with a small block Chevy in it already. I'm like, I'm not one of the people that's going to swap the quote unquote LS into everything. If I was going to do a GM swap, which I will be doing at some point, I'm going to use the LL8. Well, so my, my thing is I don't, everybody thinks I dislike American cars because I'm, we just know, disproved Mr. that. Well, no, you said well, you like C4 Corvettes. I mean, because like, I'm like all about Japanese stuff, but it's just that I dislike people putting American engines into Japanese cars. I like, yeah, I like to keep it in the, yeah, the keep, brand family. Keep it in I the can. brand family because there's like, there's so many more interesting swaps you can do with Japanese vehicles. Right. But the whole reason I want to use that LL8 4.2 straight six is because it's a twin cam aluminum straight six. And that's what I'm used to <laughs> using. Obviously yeah. with BMWs. So yeah, exactly. I'm still waiting to try that's to find the, that uh, one guy that's that the, made um, Trailblazer. The Trailblazer straight six. Yep. The, uh, the Isuzu engine. For a time. No, it's a GM engine. They oh, use it, it in the Isuzu Ascender too. But um, yeah, uh, th- for a time there was a guy that was reproducing factory prototype flywheels that GM made to mount the work truck five-cylinder engine transmission to the six-cylinder as they although they're architecturally identical the yeah. four five and six cylinders the atlas series engines the six-cylinder had an eight-bolt crank and the four and five had a six-bolt so there's no way to put the 75 dollars ax15 made by gm onto the back of this 200 six-cylinder engine yeah, you have to have a special flywheel. Then. Right. Yeah. So I'm just so. waiting to try to find... Some people are saying that the guy is still doing it, but he's not actively making batches or something like that. So I he, haven't He tried has enough. a CAD program or something. He's got yeah. the program for the mill to make it happen. Okay. Um, so someday I will do that. I think I'm going to do my twin-turbo flathead Ford E36 before I do that. But you have a, that you, is you a have, very large spider. You have a little buddy. That I'm going to murder that thing probably. Oh, no, no. Look at him. He's cute. Yeah, he's going back up. He's going back up. He doesn't want to hurt you. He just wants to make a web right there. That's a good spot for. All right, let's move. That's anyway, let's move on. Let's start asking him the questions. Yeah, so we, we have guests. we've got Nick sitting here, and Look we have not spider. talked to him since he's been here. Hi, Nick. Uh, I'm kind of into the spider. Yeah, well, that's that's our <laughs> our next guest <laughs> actually. I'm gonna call him Arnie. Ar- Arnie the spider. Uh, anyway, so Nick, our first question to help you find yourself yes. as a person. Um, a few months ago, mm-hmm. Burger was given a link. No, to no, no. That's not the first question. I'm sorry. Fast car slow or slow car fast yes. is the first question. Do, do fast car slow or slow car fast? That's um, a preference thing. Well, it's. I mean, the, the obvious answer is is slow car fast. Yeah, that's more fun. But do you have any slow cars? Uh, it depends what you define as slow. No, you don't. You don't. For, oh, oh wait, you got the golf. Yeah, golf is slow. Is it like a two o? Yeah. It's an ABA. Yeah. Yeah, that's slow. That is a slow vehicle. Well, it's stripped out as Mark III. I mean, it's pretty fast as far as those are concerned. Yeah. But the How much rust does it have? None. Um, fuck off. The race car. Yeah. I don't believe you. Oh, we, no, put, we put I, a, I can vouch for that. We, we put a cage in the nicest, like, Mark II GTI in the state. It's a Mark II? In, probably in yeah. the world. Whoops. Yeah. Oh, it's a Mark II. Okay. I, yeah. He said Mark III. I thought it was Mark III. If it was a Mark III, no. it'd be gone. Like, it'd no be idea. just annihilated. I no, the, know the, these Mark, the Mark IIs are. Whichever one has trailer bearings in the back. Both of them. They oh. all do. Yeah. Um, I don't like those bearings. No, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I mean, all right. So, you, you are. You have a Mark II with a cage in it. Yep. And so that that is definitely a slow car fast. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's because uh, it's a mo- it's a momentum car. Like you're not driving. You wouldn't race that the same way you'd race the, your Corvette. Oh. Uh, 
Uh, the Corvette's easier to drive than the Golf is, I guess. Yeah, I yeah see, but, that's the thing. It's like you have like you have power to rely on with that, but you wouldn't download a car. I was always confused by that reference because like, <laughs> if I can copy it, you know, right? You're not removing the original. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anyway, question two. I'll let Ryan prompt you on that one Sorry. since he already started. <laughs> so our second question, the one I started Sorry. with. No, no, it's all right. You have, you have a good answer. You, yeah. you said the correct answer. That yes. was the right one. Yeah. You, yeah. There are winners and losers, correct and incorrect answers on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you did well so far. Well, now, yeah. all right. The Mondial. <laughs> we call it the Mondial dilemma. Um, you would take question. a. Burr a few months ago was sent a link Hi. Uh, from our previous guest, Aaron Stokowski, um, about a Ferrari Mondial that was a Quattro Valvioli, uh, the four... Valvole. Whatever. Um, it sounds like ravioli mixed with valves. Valvioli. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the formulae. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's, so it, it's, it's like the, the best Mondial you can get, which... In like perfect condition, mm-hmm. like concourse quality would be maybe a thirty thousand dollar car. No, that's not right. They're like sixty thousand dollars. No, they're not. But anyway, they, yes, they, they they, the thing is, it didn't have an engine in it mm-hmm. or transaxle or transaxle had nothing in it as far as power plant goes. So it would be prohibitively expensive to put the original engine into it because you're never going to be able to make that money back, right. like with the value it gain. So it has to be manual. It's got to be transverse mounted, and you cannot cut any steel. Correct. What would you put into it? Yep. Hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. Since it has to be manual, and that, yeah, I mean, that it, leaves out the Impala SS LS swap. Right. The LS4 is out. Yeah. But the, cool. the stipulation that Ryan didn't cover that I want to make sure you're aware of is you are allowed to use a commercially available adapter kit yes. mm-hmm. for a transaxle. Yes. Okay. That is, that is something I used in mine. So, for example, I set a 12A rotary with a aggressive but still drivable porting port on it, and hooked up to a uh, like 92 through 95 Toyota Corolla transmission. Man, and they make an adapter plate for that, and, and then put yeah. like a Holly carburetor on it. And I I chose a much more boring but maybe more reasonable swap, which was the O two and a half to 06 3.3 Camry motor. With the three liter TRD supercharger mm-hmm. mounted on a Solara transaxle, and so good. I chose I chose mine. So you have to also this engine made about like what two forty or something horsepower, like yeah, somewhere a, a, there. an attainable amount of power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I mean, it doesn't have to make the same or more power. No. That's not part of our stipulation, but it's just like you are kind of limited physically by how long the engine can be. Yes. Yeah. So like you can't put a T six of all like with, with mine. Something. Like it makes around the same amount of power the original engine did. But I wanted it because I wanted to still have a, a cool noise that it makes. And yeah. mine will still run at negative 20. Yeah, exactly. I don't really care because it's, it's, a, it's a Ferrari. This I kind of want to have see, an electrical problem before, I, before the engine does. I want to see that configuration in that car and do a cold start video. <laughs> negative 20. I just want to see what happens. It wouldn't. <laughs> so, all the ether. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, right. what, 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 do what you would think, you put in? Yeah, there? what would you put in? Yeah, you know, I'm trying not to say that you should put an LS in there, but. What? What's the manual transmission that you took the LS up into? They, they do make well, kits t- for the yeah. Cobalt SS. If you put like a commercially and... available adapter kit, that it means any any gearbox can be hooked up to hooked up to an LS, basically. Right, but you have to be positive that there is a commercially available adapter kit. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, what, that's. So they they do they do for sure make a transverse commercially. Available I know you can do it with the North Star. I have not I seen a, it no. with the LS. All right, so I, I'm going to 
I, the, the answer is LS, but uh, the Duratec V6, the three liter on oh, the yeah. Taurus. Okay. Yeah, sure. that's about 240 the horsepower. Pontiac Torrent V6? No, the Taurus. Oh, the Duratec from the Taurus. The Turditec. Yes, and it's it's a little bit exotic because it was a Porsche design. You know what? And they used it in a Noble. Yes. You know what's something that ne- nobody's ever said before? What? The Ford Taurus uh, show SHO. front wheel, dr- yeah, SHO V8 from the 90s. That is a very, very interesting engine. It's actually from 2000, I think. That is a Duratec. Those also. is it? The V8 is? Yep. But yes, yeah, so those are actually super reliable engines if you weld the cam sprockets to the cams. Yeah. And they've the, it's a Yamaha designed cylinder head. Yeah. Like yep. that's a very good engine. So would you do the V6 but or the V8? No. Well, if that's a Duratec family engine, would the V8 bolt up to a V6 yeah. transaxle? Uh, the four-cylinder one. The V8 did have a manual option. Did it? Yes. Are you it, sure? Yes, the original. Uh, the, the 92, 93-ish ones? That was a V6. Yeah. Shut up. Was well, it? The three-liter. Okay. Three yeah. The, okay. the, the bubble Taurus is the one with the V8. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure those had a man- manual. No. Uh, I really don't think they did. Not from Ford. Well, I have a functional computer, so I'm going to go look while you guys okay. are talking about we it. We ran the Taurus V6 in a Contour SVT. The Duratec? Yes. Okay. With a, with a manual. Three liter? Yep. Is that the same yeah. engine that's in the X-Type? Yes. Well, not the same, but very similar. Similar enough. Jaguar changed some weird parts on that. Like yeah. the water pump is different. Yeah, you were telling me about yeah. that. That one we almost bought on Craigslist last year. was like, no. it needed something. I'm like, oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I still kind of wanted to do that. That would have been you, a fun. You are right. Car. It was it was only automatic. So yeah, that's a really cool engine though. You never ever see those cars on the road anymore. Yep. Something. There's one that used to like go out street racing like back really? like when I was like super into it. And well, yeah, it's three point five liter V8. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a three four V8. Three four. But um, no, the uh, one that we go out street racing like it was that really just generic four screen metallic four screen oh, that every yeah. car in the 90s came in Good. with a, with like a ratty tan interior have you guys seen the factory radio head units in that cell oh Taurus? they're disgusting oh uh, i would but, pull it uh, up anyway he um <laughs> no so he actually had that and he just had like whatever tires on it and he was able to dust just about every two-wheel drive car that was out there yeah like, those are probably underrated engines very underrated uh there's a like a couple of hondas that beat him and then, like, basically anything that was all-wheel drive. Because yeah. when you're street racing, you have horrific traction all the time. So, but yeah, no, it was a very cool car. I like that a lot. Um, so you would put the Torrent V6, and you have racing experience with that, and that's actually really cool. That's a very interesting, um, actually, solution. Uh, what transmission was that again? Uh, it's the one of the Contour. It's the, it was in the four-cylinder. Oh, the four-cylinder Contour just yeah. happened to... Really? Yep. That's actually really cool. But did the uh, Contour, the SVT, was that the V6? That was uh, the same as a Probe. V- yes, yeah, it was V6, a Probe V6. Yeah, it was a 2.5 liter. Okay, yeah, and that's so a great engine. I'm surprised nobody said It's a good that. engine family, yeah. I mean, that's that's the same family as the 1.8 liter yeah. Mazda. Yeah, the, Maz, mm. the MX3, the one. Same name. Oh. No, the, internally, they're the, aren't they really close? Mm. I'm pretty sure they are, because they just had like a different uh, cylinder bore. Well, I know the Probe 2.5 and that 1.8 are the same, like, bottom-end architecture, but I don't yeah. know if that's the same yeah, as the Yeah, it's like a Mazda KZ. Yeah, yeah. it's a KZ, yeah. yeah. But those, that's, that was, that's a car. I, the MX-3 I really wanted to get, but I've ex- done exhaustive research trying to find one, and they do not exist in yeah. any reasonable condition. No, they just don't. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cared enough about them. First time I saw one of those was that Cars and Coffee here. Yeah, like and six, I six seven years ago. I'm like, I really, really wanted one. Like, hmm. I've been that tech goes up to nine. 
Yeah, and I was like, I'm like trying to write an article for Japanese nostalgia car on him, and like just doing research yeah. on it is just like pulling teeth. It is the worst engine in the world to have to look up. Aggressively terrible. Yeah, it really is. All right, well, that's a good enough answer for me. <laughs> uh, let's move on to project car stuff. Ryan, I think you have an update, even yes, though pretty I much do. all mine are at a standstill. Yeah, no, actually, I have. I do have an update. Um, I was able. I was following some random like take pictures of stanced cars and post them on Facebook like like pages gross yeah however i saw one car was like stance with like 30 degrees of camber or something ridiculous like that hmm. um and it had uh, um a carburetor set up on a d-series i'm like that's really cool huh. so somebody i went through the comments somebody tagged the owner asked the owner i'm like where'd you get that manifold set up and he goes oh it's this company in south africa they make them for all sorts of hondas mm-hmm. looked them up they're called roland uh, manifolds um and for 2,400 rands, I was able to find a carburetor manifold for a B18B uh, engine Whoa. for Janna's Accord. So, it's like a uh, two-barrel or four-barrel? It's a twin DCOEs. Oh, God. So it's going right. to be really cool. So it makes naughty noises. Oh, it's going to be rowdy. I'm How do you control the uh, electronic distributor when you're running a curb? It is, if you take the earlier non-fuel injected, um, oh, wait, shoot. No, wasn't that. There is there is a solution for that. I, I okay. had to look that up, and actually, I did. Uh, mm. But no, this is basically with uh, the setup that I'm running on Jana's car, mm-hmm. the high comp pistons, um, stock cylinder head, and really, really, really big cams uh, with a with twin DCOEs and a four to one exhaust manifold. It's basically the same setup that uh, some of the very first Hondas that were running like. 10, 11, and 12 second quarter mile times we're running. And this so. is with a B series? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So but the Accord doesn't have a B. It has a D. No. Uh, a, actually, a? in hers. Okay. Yeah. She's got the really old uh, Honda three valve per cylinder. Ooh. Yeah. That engine. So many valves. Yes. I know, it's right? more than the Corvette. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's too that's, many. That's one better. That's too many. But no, there's, a, there's another company. Ferrari has five. There's another company called Innovative uh, Mounts that makes engine mount kits to swap b-series into her car a company called boom slang makes a wiring harness so this is all gonna be plug and play it seems like um my roommate miguel uh, he's really good with doing side draft carburetor setups and stuff he's done a lot of like throttle linkages and stuff so he's helped me hook up the throttle on that and get the carburetor synced up so i'm pretty excited about this this is gonna be a really cool build once i get it all once i actually get the manifold here but first first step is get the engine to the cressida which should be happening in the next week or two. Okay. Well, I so. look forward to hearing how that turns out. Hopefully well. Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh. um, but yeah, oh, also, it was like dirt cheap. It was 2,400 rands, which is... Is that their currency? Yeah, a, okay. coo- a cougar rand. Oh. Have, you seen, have you seen Lethal Weapon 2? I've seen Beverly Hills Ninja, which references cougar rands. And Lethal Weapon 2 also does as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyway. Diplomatic it, immunity. It was two, 211 it's bucks. Just been basically. revoked. 211 bucks for the carburetor manifold. That's very reasonable if it yeah. flows decently and it's well made. Yeah, it, it's supposedly. How much is a set of DCOE 45s? Uh, wildly expensive. Okay. About uh, a single one would be about twice that. So I, Yay. I think... When they I might, make Ching Chong Bing Bong knocks off. Knock I was going to say, I, I think <laughs> I, I might end up just running a set That's of... That's Chinese EMTU, uh, Nick. Yeah. yeah. I, I might just run a couple of MP knockoffs. Okay. And then That's just smart. take all the MP stuff out of it. Just buy four just, lawnmower carburetors for Briggs and Stratton's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, was going to run... A, I was, I was thinking <laughs> two MPs and then just take all the MP crap out of it 
and uh, put in all original Weber parts. And then that way I'll still be coming out oh. with like... So it's like rebuilding a China Turbo with the Garrett parts. Exactly. Okay, and I see. Even doing that, because I was researching doing that for the Subaru, um, even doing that, I'm going to come in, gain both carburetors for the price of about like one and a half like actual brand name carburetors. So that'd be pretty cool. I see. Um, also, when I was talking to Miguel about uh, the carburetors, he also said that you should rally cross your Boxster. I'm getting rid of the Boxster. I think you should rally cross it before you get rid of it. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. It's just sitting in my garage dirty until my buddy Nick buys it, and then I buy that E46 M3. And it's got that broken mirror in it, too. It does, but the new glass is sitting on my kitchen counter. Oh, that's good. I there bought some new mirror glass. <laughs> rally crossing a Boxster would probably be funnish, but not nearly as fun as like taking an E30. So Brexit. Now there's C4. a... C4. Or a C4. Mm-hmm. That would oh, be good, too. By the way... Let's get some mud tires for it. <laughs> It's fiberglass. Um, it's fine. That Modest 100 show is coming up. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was talking to um, Nuke, the guy that runs Drive Cartel. Uh-huh. He gave us a free slot to put one of our cars into. Nice. And I don't have anything that would say is in the top 100 best cars in Minnesota. However, I like we take the uh, E30 M3. I think that would break a lot of necks. If, as long as I'm available... I'll I think go. you should be. I mean, that that's the show just down the street from my house, right? Yeah, it's the one right here. Yeah. It's like across even the street. Even if I'm busy, I can still come to that. Yeah, exactly. You just <laughs> I like can just walk quarry. home real quick and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'm definitely planning to go to that. I mean, I don't want to let Kua down, so... Or Nuke in this case. Yeah. Oh, not any of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah, no, the, the Modest 100 show sounds good. I like beer, too. And it's close to my house, so I really don't have any excuse. Yeah, it's kind of everything you want. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I want to move on to some national news. I actually just um, read about this a little bit last night because it's a new announcement. But uh, and I hate talking about trucks and American stuff for the most part, except for Corvettes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but the 2019 Silverado, um, it has a new powertrain option. In fact, it has several new ones. It, are they a variety of different pushrod V8s? And some well, pushrod V6s, V8s, but they also have a new six-cylinder diesel. And they've got a new turbocharged Four cylinder. That sounds like a supernova. Which is to the explode. one that I was talking about. This is actually a really interesting engine. So it's a two point seven liter. So huge displacement. My my first question is sure. Does knowing GM and kind of how they're lazy about making stuff? Yeah. Does that bolt up to Corvette or like LS transmissions and stuff? Uh probably. Um, they did, I have a picture of the engine up on the screen here so you can see it, but I don't have a photo of the back and it looks like it runs an electric water pump, which is, uh, dumb. Oh, I don't yeah, like that. so that's going to go well for GM, I'm sure. Um, There's no escaping them. I know, but I know. <laughs> I'm so used to doing them now, it doesn't matter. Mm, yes. But no, it's, um, it's a, like I said, it's a 2.7 liter, so huge displacement four cylinder, obviously twin variable valve timing. That, ex- that, um exhaust the hot side of the turbo right and what they call it it's a double volute turbo so what that does instead of having a twin scroll where it just it directs the two separate pulses into two portions of the compressor wheel at the same place it swings one of the scroll inputs all the way around to 180 degrees offset on the turbine so the pulses are hitting the opposite side of the turbine wheel and they're not wasting any energy between them that's which is really cool so it makes peak torque which is like 350 foot pounds at 1500 rpm Oh, wow. Which is freaking crazy. That's, and it's got... Um, that's like, like the, uh, 1.8 liter turbo, like Volkswagen. Yeah, it's like KO3 torque. Um, but basically, 
the cylinder head on this thing too is kind of an innovation not really an innovation honda's been doing it for like 20 years but it's like vtech old vtech so it's got individual cam profiles that it switches between physical on, cam on lobes the intake side only no both sides it's got okay. three individual so sets. So the cam on it's, that it's thing... It's closer to Daewoo D-Tech. Uh, maybe. Yeah, they used both cam lobes. It just sucked really bad. Oh, okay. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, instead of having 16, you know, cam lobes, it doesn't even have 32. It's got, what is that, 40... I'm bad at math. 48? Yeah. It's, got, it's got, it's got 48 three. cam lobes or something Jesus. in it, which is probably going to go really well. But, yeah, it's, it's all oil pressure... And solenoid driven, how it switches, and it's barely seamless. So two of them are fuel economy, one's power. But I mean, the thing makes like 320 horsepower and 360 foot pounds. It's got a really flat torque curve. It's are they going to call this the power lobe? I hope so, but That'd probably be a not. Great name, as you for can tell by engine. the <laughs> plastic engine cover in the uh, the press you photo here. Totally, you could totally write power lobe on that. You can make that the right side a giant P and put our lob. And then a big-ass E on the other side. It's say power load. You should apply for GM's marketing department. I totally should. They'd be way better than Ford. <laughs> but no, it, it looks like... it. I mean, it's a cool engine. The 2.7 liter four-cylinder thing has kind of got me... just like, wow. Because yeah, no, Ford's obviously got the 2.7 V6 twin turbo. Well, Toyota did that 2.7 in the Taco, right, which and they still, cool. do, they still yeah. do it, if I'm not mistaken. And those That's take boost well, so maybe amazingly. this is a good design. Well, yeah, the I, fact that this is designed to run on regular fuel and it's going to have Americans driving and maintaining it, I am has a lot of technology for an American to own. I put, I want, I really is as I do with all American cars. It's a really cool idea. I yeah. want it to go really well. Yeah, I am, have a lot of reservations about if it will, because um, historically, really everything short of V8s has not gone that well for Americans. I mean, I'll give them the 3800, there but are then there's a transmission. But, oh, but I mean, like... T65. But yeah. I mean, like, if you look at, like, the uh, the Chevy Sonics, the 1.4 turbo, it's yeah. a great engine. It you was, can, except for the deck's cool. Exactly. But the thing is, you can make, like, you can almost double, get, like, 50% more horsepower out of it just from doing intake header and exhaust, which is really cool. Or but you yeah. just put E85 in a rental one. Yeah. And then and they just blow up immediately, though. No, no, I but did that for, allegedly, did no, that No, 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 I mean, the, the the second the warranty's up, the whole engine oh, yeah. just goes to hell. They no, just Volkswagens yeah. you to death. Um, it's better than the new three-cylinder 1.5 turbo, though. Nick, you're the closest thing to an American car guy at the, here at the here, moment. At the moment, yes. Yeah. Yes. How do you feel about it? This engine. Uh, I want to see where they're going with it. I share all the same concerns. I mean, we'll see how it does. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, it's definitely not going to replace the uh, small block with the mechanical water pump and it, the eight cylinders. It and does. The one yeah. camshaft. However... It's a different market. Yeah. You know what that'd be really <laughs> cool in? A Iron Duke Camaro. Yeah. Replace an like an 83, 84 third gen Camaro with the Iron Duke four cylinder. That'd be cool in a Mondial. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is a great ammonia. Okay. There's, a, there's a lot of stupid cars that this would be great in. And going on high-tech being lived with by the masses, I want to segue over to our next topic, which is something Ryan's going to cover for us, which is yeah, living, living within your means. Yes, 100% living within <laughs> your means. So, so are you going to pull out an 80-month loan on this new four-cylinder Silverado? or? Well, I'm thinking more about like people that are, you know, working just above minimum wage, like it making mm-hmm. less than $15 an hour. And then they buy an older, like a four or a fucking Phaeton or something. Oh, something or a like Tuareg. that or a Toreg or a Tiguan or anything oh, made God. in Europe. Oh, currently, really. 
Because um, a lot of these, it, it's just that I see so many people are like, yeah, I, I want like, I, I want to have a Phaeton because it's just balling. It's so cool. But it's like the worst Phaeton you've ever seen in your life. So it's one of those things. It's like a lot of people, that's kind of the difference between a car person and a normal person that's trying to like flex on other people is like the normal lay person will have a crap version of a cool car, but it's actually cooler to have a really good version of a crappy car. Like what would you get yeah. more excited about? Would you get excited to see a clapped out all road like manual or would you rather see the world's cleanest geo Metro wagon with a manual? Like literally forty thousand miles, no rust, perfect. Like, that's a tough. That's a tough one. I really hate the Geo Metro. Well, all right. That, so hate, that, that was an all road six speed is actually kind of cool. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, like one that where everything's broken. <laughs> oh, it like, just does not work and smells like fixed. coolant. Yeah. Well, I would um, never, never want to own the. Other yeah. Well, all right. So, uh, so I identify the, with that actually. The, the Geo oh. the Geo Metro is a was a, like an, ex, a, an exceptional <laughs> answer, but let's say like um, I got I'm really bad at this. An Integra four door. I know where your a GSR, a a manual GSR four door. Mm. Like Mm. one of those. That's a car where most people would kind of write that off as being like an all right at best car. Like to Honda people, to me, that's one of the coolest cars you can get because that is like the highest level of like Honda nerdery is like a GSR Integra sedan. Well, for me, it would be like I'll take an A thirty six. Uh, like seeing yes, that a yeah. super clean, no option four door three eighteen i manual, and then seeing a clapped out e thirty six m three auto next precisely to it, exactly like, that. I will <laughs> yeah, look at that three eighteen i all day long. Three. It's one of those things you got to live within your means. It's, it's I, am- amazing to me when you see somebody that took an, a base model car and they kept it perfect. For yes, twenty thirty years. Well, because that wasn't cheap to do. I I um. That's just stunning. I personally exercise this because now when you say exercise, you exercise like physical exercise or like, no, like this, getting a beast out of your body. Yeah, you like getting this like yeah yeah <laughs> like, like physically exc uh, yeah yeah. Uh, um, anyway, um, but <laughs> I did it to myself. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So for the what I did is a few years ago, I needed to get a new daily driver. And my choices, I had about four grand to spend on a car. Mm-hmm. And that, that's like kind of that price range where you're either getting like the world's best, okay at best car or a really crappy good car. And that's what I was looking at. I'm like, I can either get myself a beat to hell Z31. Oh, yeah. Or I can get myself the best CRX you've ever seen in your life. And I got myself the best CRX. I could, the best yeah, CRX. That was a nice car. Yeah, within, I, I was on Craigslist for about a month. Looked within 500 miles of the Twin Cities because I didn't want to fly anywhere. And I wanted to find the best CRX in my price range. And that covered every single CRX with the exception of one, which had a Black Widow body kit and was not worth the money the guy wanted for it. I'm pretty sure the guy still has the car. So it looked like a spider? No, that's that stupid wide body with the Dodge grill from the early 2000s. Okay. It, don't look it up. It's yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm not going to. But no, it's really terrible. I took my CRX. Um, and that's a car where, you know, most non-car people are like, okay, you have a commuter car, but a set of, you know, cheap-ish coilovers and my Mugen wheels and a set of Sumitomo, uh, HTRs and I had a car, which, which is your favorite tire, my favorite, my favorite tire in the world. Um, I had a car that I could take out <laughs> auto crossing. I could drive, you know, from here to Chicago, get 50 miles per gallon on the highway with, 
and I could take it to a car show and bring home trophies. It's, it did everything for me, and I spent almost no money about that. It's great. So that's kind of why I wanted to rant about um, I'm not sure if either of you guys have examples of that, but... Not as good as that one, anyway. Um, I just... When I buy a car, I guess I've had the luxury of being able to just wait for the one that I want to buy. Oh, yeah. And most you... of the time, I end up buying cars that I don't even really want to buy at the time, even though it turns out to be, like, a really fabulous decision later on. <laughs> <laughs> like, in my entire life of purchasing cars has been the right car at the wrong time. And I guess that's good, Yes. Because, I mean, it forces you to kind of stress and get into the thing that you know you actually want. And, you know, five years from now, self is much, much happier that that happened than, you know, not stretching and making it happen. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't really have a, a story that would... Well, you you have cars like uh, the 8 Series and, well, the Ferraris are a great example of that where you bought a car, you bought it for as little as you could. And All right, that's kind of how I yeah. do it. Yeah, that's kind of how you do I it. I look for cars that are mechanically solid, have nice bodies, but they need, you know, work. And even mechanically, maybe not mechanically solid, but most of the time I buy something that's in good shape, but you, it has you an issue at, that I'm familiar with and can fix, or in the case of the you, Ferrari, you didn't look have at a service your, history. You look at your... Um, your skill set and what yeah, you can do to, exactly. to improve that car. And my, like, yeah. I, I'm not a body guy. No, I'm not I cannot I do any body work. So I get a car with a perfect body, and then I'll just do the mechanical work myself. Right, right. And if somebody's a body guy, well, yeah, you get a car with a good engine swap on it, and I got rusted out quarter panel, and you just you weld in that I, quarter panel. I build that into the purchase price. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like the C46 I'm buying. It's got a lot of rust that needs repaired, unfortunately, and I just built it into the purchase price and, and lowballed. So. And that's kind of the thing. It's like it, we, we that's still kind of doing that clean version of a crappy Correct. car. Yep. You're and, right. You're and right. knowing kind of what you're what you're doing because you're at you're in right. goal and like you are realistic about what you have the ability to do. Right. I just see so many people like this whole example that I kind of came up where is like I think clean just means different things to the yeah no no clean clean means different things yeah because yeah. um, like I look for like mechanical solidness yeah and that to me is clean like yeah. the body can be fucked I don't care as long as it's not like it hasn't been hit and it's like bent or like something if, like, it could have yeah, some crap flexible. paint on it or mm -hmm. something but anything like that's something, repairable it, yeah something that's repairable for sure not like uh, you know buying an all road for three thousand dollars and then getting a bill for nine grand and then not doing anything and going I got this boss all road yeah <laughs> or like being I got those that sentence has never existed before and I hope it never ever or comes out again or like I have this boss all road. Literally uh, being a high school kid and having <laughs> being a high school kid and have a two O T Audi A four, like a twenty thirteen or so. Ooh, TSI. Yeah, TSI. And it's got like terrible paint on it. It's obviously been totaled out. It has the worst paint. It looks like it's painted with a broom. <laughs> and it but but hey, you have you're you're nineteen years old and you have an Audi, so look how cool you are. Except for the fact that it smells like coolant and oil at all times because none of that stays where it's supposed to. And it's just going <laughs> to randomly drop a bearing or throw a rod or... I mean, those already burn oil like crazy. Yeah, exactly. So. No, that's... It, it was based off a real story that I saw happen but, to me. I mean, at least those people are technically interested in cars, so... Not really. Because the person that gets an automatic... I should have specified that. These are people that just want to flex on other people and just yeah. say, look how cool my car okay. is. I have an Audi. And it's like... Car, it's like cool, dude. You have a Volkswagen, yeah, an Tight. automatic, really, really <laughs> clapped out Volkswagen. Here's your sixty dollars of coolant for the week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next. The green week, stuff, yeah, of I'll course, nothing but the finest. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you next week. Mm. <laughs> okay, 
Yeah, ne- no, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you, but Nick, do you have any input on that? Yeah. <laughs> you say phaeton, and, I, and my first thought is like, I should probably get a phaeton. Essence <laughs> no, Chad at SCI was selling like a pretty sorted 4-2 car for like six grand a couple years ago. Stay and away Scott from it. sent me a link no, to it. He's cool. like, should I buy this? No, I'm like, don't. that's really cool, but please don't do that. Yeah, exactly. My br- I know I shouldn't buy it. Is, right. is the Phaeton a belt or a chain 4-2? Chain. Really? Oh, definitely no. don't do it. Yeah, definitely. Because that, that, I I'm promise not. you, it says chain on it, but it is the exact same service interval as a belt. I'm not buying the one with the V8 <laughs> if I get one. No. No, the W12 is even worse to work on. I know. Okay. Right, so, well, the thing is. <laughs> if you're going to go, you might as well go. No, I got if a I'm, link to a Continental GT for sale on Craigslist yes. locally today. That was me. <laughs> I know. If, if I'm going to be dealing with, like, <laughs> Volkswagen Phaeton bullshit for, like, everything else that car is going yeah. for it, I better have a fucking 12-cylinder. Yeah, head. yeah. It's like, going to be broken either way. Okay. Yeah, like, you're going to deal with so like much shit. It's not going to be any worse <laughs> yeah. no. than a 4.2. Like, the 4.2 yeah. two, four two and the 12, the 4.2 is overstressed because mm-hmm. the car is so heavy. Yeah. And so it will just break more. And that 12-cylinder is just the 12-cylinder, so it's going to suck. I like and, that 12-cylinder. Yeah, it, but at the end, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, um, you still have a Bentley Built to a budget, and you're yeah, still it's just a flying spur with some Volkswagen badges stapled to it, and you're no still, double quilting on the leather. Yeah, you're still dealing with the little corners that Volkswagen cut to make that Bentley flying spur be affordable for you. So affordable, I say with yes. quotation. Pictures. I would say if you're going to own a Phaeton, yeah. find it for a steal. Like find it for nothing. Like somebody just find the worst one. Oh, you want to get really weird? Because it came in, in Europe. It came with the. 10, the V10 10 10 10 10 diesel, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm so glad it is not here. I would have one already. Yeah, oh, that, that's like, a, that's yeah. a dangerous thing. Yeah. That's Pump a very dangerous such thing. such a good engine. The transmission's bullshit. Yeah. But, but I would say um, yeah. my recommendation for owning a Phaeton is oh, God, find, one, one. find one down like south where somebody just did extensive maintenance to it. Like they just did the timing chain or something. Buy it there and lowball the shit out of it. Drive it up here and the second you get it here, sell it. And now it's the safest way to own a thing. Yeah, yeah. You get that one really good drive with you it. You get a then, nice transcontinental then, then, road trip then and then you're, then you're done. done. <laughs> you're done. You just get rid of it and ah, you're done. Clipped. That's Damn how it. you own it. <laughs> I laughed too hard. I heard it. <laughs> Damn it. No, yeah. I, I agree. The Phaeton's always been super appealing to me. I've always even liked how they looked. I don't even think they're particularly boring looking. No, I, I think whenever I see a, a Passat, I go, is that Phaeton? Oh. It's kind of yeah. like when you see... Don't like, worry, all the Passats are fading into rust and oblivion now, mm-hmm. so... Oh, my God, they're so bad, yeah. Especially the three liters. Oh, Nick, I see the Continental up on your screen. It's been up, like... It, I noticed it's been, po- it's been up m- for 29 days. How much is it? To 30 grand. Uh, 35. Oh, Which way too much. 30 tops. It's probably, a, like, a salvage car or something. I just didn't know they were anywhere near 35. Oh, yeah, no, they've been making them for, like, 20 years. It says title status clean. They've been making for they've been making them for twenty years oh, wow. with like very little changes. Eastern so, European yeah. clean title. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to write it on the internet if it weren't true. So. <laughs> it's That's true. That's how yeah. the internet works. Well, it probably yes. it probably like spent a portion of its life in Illinois, where Illinois I think you have to have like a seventy five percent of vehicle value to have a, a solid shuttle. Hmm. Whereas everybody else in the that world depends 50%. on your insurance company. No, I, I mean I think that's what it is for the state. Like to like I don't get, think state to law be able can to dictate that. I think. Well, I mean, I think as far as it's getting between, a title, it's like, between changed. fifty and ninety. All, all I know is that that's if you declare damage on an affidavit while you transfer the title, there is a different level. Okay, of state so state. I I do know that when I was working in the dealership like business, there were a lot of people that, or there was a lot of cars that the used car buyer was like just passing up on 
because they were kind of sketching from Illinois because they do have a big loophole somewhere in their law system. So does Wisconsin. Yeah. Where you can mysteriously transfer a car over there and back and the salvage title disappears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can just make, yeah, it's like, it's like that, like Wisconsin, I think like Arkansas or somewhere is some like weird state. Um, I guess any tourism somehow. <laughs> <laughs> They're all flyover states. Um, so yes, Nick, I would not get a Phaeton. <laughs> yeah, please, or the Continental. Please just don't buy that. What? what? I, I think these are great cars for other people to own. Why would you? Why would you not encourage? I encourage somebody you know to buy it. Yeah. but Please don't yourself. Yeah, I'd like to watch, watch how this you, from a distance. Wait, how do how do you like find a car? Wait, wait, who goes like out of their way and goes? Phaeton's a cool car. Were you like, sent that link or did you find it? I was searching for it. Why were you? Why were you doing that? How did you? The happen? royal wedding is today. Uh, you were just searching Bentley on Craigslist well, yeah, as you well, often do. Well, you watch a bunch of people get, you know, as like, one does, dropped off, of and dropped off in Bentleys. Oh, I see. I see people get I see people get dropped off in Bentleys, and the first thing I say is like seventy-one. I see people get dropped off in Bentleys. I'm like, the first thing I say is, I wonder how much a Sterling costs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you. That's enough of that topic. Yeah. Burger, All right. How'd you get in the cars? Well, that's. I'm going to distill it as much as I can just for the interest of the podcast. But basically, my when I first started creating memories in my head, my family had a bunch of garbage GM products. Really bad. We had I remember a 91 that. Astro all-wheel drive. We had about that. a 1988 old 98. Gross. Then my mother got an E34 535i, and my dad got an E32 750il. And it was just, for me, it was done after that. I was just in, hooked. And then my maternal grandfather is now passed. He was always, he was a body guy. Yeah. He was working on like 50s, 60s, 70s GM stuff, but he would like find pictures of a concept car and then just make it. Oh, like that's right. Really cool, actual actually. cars. Like he has, he made a car called the Futura, which was based on the Waimea concept. You'll have to do the Googling on your own. And unfortunately, when he died, we gave it to a museum and it just sort of deteriorated badly there. Oh, and geez. now Wayne Carini owns it. Oh, no way. I have his number, that's but I haven't super had time cool. to call him because I want the car We should back. have Wayne Carini on. I, that's not likely. Well, He's a very busy guy, if you ever, I haven't even called him yet. If you ever try to buy that car back, uh, you should have him on the podcast. And oh, I can talk about pre-war cars. I'm going to like have to get some like really weird shit to like bond you into the corner of this room <laughs> so you can't talk or move. Because you're going to scare him away. You'll have a much older... Shorter, white-haired, oh mustachioed version Nick, of me. What did you just text me, Nick? Uh, mm. How did you get in the cars? God, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, I've kind of always been into them. I, uh, my, like when you were a kid, you just like were always playing with Hot Wheels and stuff. My dad had an SHO, a '92. Ooh, was it a five-speed? No, unfortunately not. No, no. So he's not very cool. They had a really low take rate, if I remember correctly. It had that cool intake manifold, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course it did. Yeah. yeah. And that was like just kind of like, what, what did it for him? Well, it was kind of... And then, well, then we went to Road America, and we, oh, okay. we saw IndyCar, and that was it. So I think I'm going this year, too. Do you remember the uh, Minneapolis Grand Prix they used to have? Or? Yes. Yes, that I was never great. went, but... I, I went to that as a kid. That was oh, fun. that's cool. Yeah. That was after I'd already gotten into cars. That was after I got into cars. Um, or sorry, before before I got into cars. So yeah. f- for me, it, it, was that what got you into it? Going to Road America? Yeah, think? it's, it's always the, been racing related. Yeah. <laughs> for me, uh, it's been like a genetic thing. I, I'm pretty sure, like every every single male. 
I think the professor is back next door. Yes, the professor is. <laughs> there's a scene that sounds Tom like... Tom is home. It uh, sounds like a rainforest cafe. It sounds like a sandblast when you're blown <laughs> against the wall. No, no, no. It's a rain stick. It's, it's, it's basically a giant rain stick. It sounds like an eight-gallon rain stick. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to Anyway. Please continue. So um, it's always been kind of a genetic thing. Cause my, every, every single person in my family, with the exception of my direct father, hmm. is in... Like, on both sides of my family are into cars. My... Uh, my uncle Dave, I'm a, I'm a mom's side of family, bootlegged because Alabama was dry like until the 70s or something. And he would just go to Georgia, buy a bunch of booze, and put it in the back of his little Mons that he had fitted with like all the GTO running gear. And he'd run that back. Um, my grandpa, uh, when he like first met my grandmother, their first date, he had a um, 40 Ford Coupe with a... Uh, uh, the uh, Ford Y Block V8, their first uh, like kind of yep. modern V8 mm. that they made, mm-hmm. uh, that he had swapped in, and he got up on two wheels on like did like a two wheel like on a corner on University with her in the car. Um, so yeah, that was on both sides of my family. Even my my other uncle Dale, he had a um, twelve second Ford Torino like in the wow. late seventies. So like everybody in my family has always been in the cars, except for my dad, who's like a hippie. Like, he's, like, Jerry Garcia. He's always in the backyard and, like, listening to, like, Joe Bonamassa or something, some dad rock like that, which is fine. It's perfectly fine because me and my well, dad... At least have, you had other family members, Yeah, though. well, I mean, like, me and my dad, we still bond over music and stuff, so there's other cool stuff to do. But it, mm. I, the whole car thing, um, for me, what really, really, like, piqued my interest directly into cars, because I was, like, into, like, you know, like Hot Wheels and, like, little stupid things like that. Sure. Yeah, I was into, like, 118 scale models. It was uh, about 1997. I was in first grade. Uh, my mother had just picked me up from Cornelia Elementary in Edina. Um, Ooh, you cake-eating bastard. Yeah. We were uh, on I went there too. France Avenue and 69th Street. 69th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were, we were on 69th Street going across France Avenue. <laughs> and um, as we drove across the intersection in my mom's uh, Ford Contour, um, there were two... EG Civic hatches with Bomex body kits and like bright copper paint and like vinyls on them. And I thought it was the coolest shit I ever seen in my life. So is that how you got into Honda? That that got me into cars as hard as I am today. And it's literally been since first grade. You are pretty hard today. I've been like nose deep into like Super Street magazines Hmm. and like wind like write articles and stuff and just like being a nerd about Hondas and that's that was the start of it was all back when I was in first grade so yeah it's just it was a weird thing because most other people you know they were like oh yeah I got into this racing I'm just like do I sell like a car with a body kit like in traffic <laughs> you did become interested in cars during the peak age of body kits and so. that's the thing that's why I still appreciate them sure like I, I like no like I I really hate poorly executed body kits, but like to me, like uh, there's a e- there's a. E- All right, this is a tangent yeah. that has nothing I'm to do so with why you got interested. In anyway, cars. I'll, I'll tell you about that later. All right, I want to talk about this quick national topic. It's not even really a headline story, but I saw this and I wanted to talk about it. So there's a couple of publications you can look at to kind of figure out sales numbers nationwide of domestic and import vehicles altogether in U.S. dealer networks. Yeah, I looked through it for April. And wouldn't you know it, two of the top 20 are Ford sedans. Oh, weird. Those cars at Ford are Correct. That are claiming are not south. selling. You know yeah. what else is on there? Huh. 
Jeep Wrangler. What? Yeah, it's like number six out of 20. It's like the sixth best-selling vehicle in the country right now. Because because the JL just came out. I think that's what it is. But, like, typically it's in the top 20, even without that. Even when the JK was phasing out, it was still in the top 20. So I found that extremely strange. You know, there's a a lot of people that... They're not good at anything. I love Wranglers. What are they good for? Just driving around and not caring about. You know, they're like... You can the get a six-speed manual in it, Nick, with a four-wheel drive. Yeah, what do you use it for? I mean, like I would use it to just tow shit and throw engines in the back of. Mm. I'm, yeah, actually, it's I'm gonna get one as a winter beater, so not for a couple. They're years. bad at that, though. They're not though. They There's no snow tires on that. Soft top and stuff, and you don't have to get a soft top one. I mean, I would. Yeah, because I like to put the top. It only takes five minutes to put the top down. I might be missing something. With I don't. That I don't. I really don't get it. Of yeah. course, I also don't ingest. Moving on. I don't ingest. One second. One second. What, I want to get this off my yeah. off my chest before we move on. Uh, I yeah. don't ingest whey protein by the gallon, so I have no interest. Oh, in what's Jeep this knob do on <laughs> this on this mixer right. here? Anyway, hey. oh, he's back. <laughs> he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so That's a cool knob. I should keep in mind that. that you know what? I'm, you I'm actually gonna I'm gonna flip my topics around because <laughs> okay. I've got two topics in a row. Uh, this okay. Uh, Jamal Halmidi, Halmidi, Jamal Halmidi. Yeah. Heidi, I don't know. I, I really should practice saying his name for the podcast. I'm sorry. Why? Who cares? Uh, anyway, he was, is, was the head of Ford's performance development center. So he's the Did guy. he head up like the ST, the RS and the he Shelby did, stuff or? Oh my God. The computer just wanted to do an update. Uh-oh. He did. Um, I can put the list on the TV if you need. Oh my God. I, I might have to. Okay. Uh, one second. Oh my God. This here. Computers. Check out the tele. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, no, he um, he is the guy that's behind the Ford GT, the Shelby GT 350, the F150 Raptor, the Fiesta ST, the Focus SC, the Focus RS, any Ford that you have cared about in the last 20 years, he's been behind, even though he hasn't been there for 20 years. Um, (laughs) 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 So yeah, no. Anyway, he left Ford. How recently? Like this week. Oh. Um, Is it because of their announcement of losing the cars or no? He didn't say that, but if you read between the lines, it's very It's not insider trading if I wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Winking. No, he did not. Um, (laughs) No, he he left for Jaguar uh, Land Rover. Okay. So you're now going to have very cool Jaguars. Um, Those already kind of didn't But they're going to be better. Uh, I have full faith in Jamal Hamidi. Um, in an era where a lot of cars suck, I'm gonna put him right there with Akito Toyota as one of the few people. That is high praise coming from you, my man. Ooh, yeah, because Akito Toyota, I say, is one of the only people in the automotive industry right now that has any clue what they what he's doing. Um, so Ford, uh, they can just go ahead and rot in hell. Uh, but this is kind of this is the story of Ford is. They do something really cool for a little bit. You build up your faith in Ford, and they take it away from you. Yeah, I, I cared nothing at all about Ford. Probably like ten years five, ago, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, even. seven years ago. Yeah, and like more recently, now they like, making I cool like pretty much everything they make, except for the crossovers, which are stupid. And they should all die. Yeah, like I would buy like because they make these cool cars. Yeah. If I was looking for something like I like just a normal daily driver, I mean we already kind of covered this. I would not be vehemently against a Fusion with a manual if I could find one. I, yeah, Fusion because sport if that was because I six speed. I know that like that has parts interchangeability with some of these cool cars, 
and Mary has a fusion. That would be yes. that would be really fun. But titanium, titanium. The thing is, is th- this is just Ford kind of like doing their thing, where they they all the time. they have a cool idea Great. and they do it for a little bit, but they don't follow through with it enough to create an enthusiast. Yeah, I community. feel like they do not have the big picture sorted. No, they do not. Well, they're an American car company. They don't look at the big picture. They look at they have got like maybe a handful of people that show up, do you, know what they're talking about, and they get told not to do you by people picture, in suits. Do you ever picture a big three executive board meeting? Uh, I it's try just, not to. It's Wally people. And I just picture like Cheeto dust thick in the air. <laughs> I, I'm imagining it's actually like like literally name for name the same people that are in Philip Morris board meetings. Um, <laughs> oh, probably. They're yeah. probably on the same boards. Yeah, this the is same, same company. It's probably the same person. Philip Morris doing business as General Motors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's the same people. And Interesting. I, I want to love Ford. Yeah. I try so hard to love them, but every time I begin to love them, they do something that totally fucks it up. Like, they just, yeah. they've spent the last, like, 20 years... They keep honey-dicking you, Ryan. Yeah, they do. And they spent the last 20 years, <laughs> they made the focus, they kind of made it okay, kind of coolish, and then they didn't. And then they came back with well, really, they, really cool cars. They came to and us with the world focus, which yeah. was awesome. And then they put that duo shift piece of crap in it. So yeah. everyone with a Fusion and a Focus now with that transmission like hates, hates Ford. Yeah, exactly. We can't hear you. But yeah, no, it's just, it, it is just awful. Um, yes. It, it's, I, I want to love regular them. automatic in your Fusion? Yes. Good. It's not great either. Well, that's fine. At least it probably won't blow up real soon. Mm. If there's anybody <laughs> that works at Ford listening, which I highly doubt I doubt is, it. They probably hate us. I, I just, we hate them back, so it's fine. No, I, I want to love them, and I really want them to understand, like, it's not, like, just well, me being a spiteful them. person. I want, I really, really, really want to like Ford. What you're saying is let me love you, yeah, Ford? Yeah, basically, let okay. me love you. Like, you're being Toyota in 2002 right wow, now. Wow, I was too close to making eye contact with you when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's just disheartening. Oh, my God. Um, do you want me to, assuming you're done with that, do you want me to cover mine before you go to your yes, next one? Yes, please. I, okay. need, I need to go over myself. We need to relieve this a little bear, bit. I, I need, I need to bury mine my feelings. Mine is kind of a fear. comic relief topic anyway. I found this on Reddit because that's just kind of where I spend most of my work days. And this was a car-related story. I think it was even in the Cars subreddit, but it was uh, Wisconsin, the state next door to us here in Minnesota. A bunch of seniors took this junkyard Grand Am. I saw and that. And they cut yes. the front half of it off, put it against the brick school building, and then they bought a whole bunch of matching bricks and strewed them about. And then they <laughs> painted like some paper and stuck it up. So it literally looked like there was a giant hole in the principal's not only, office. Not only were they students, they were actually thespians. So were they, they were like, yeah, they were, they were a bunch I mean, of techies. I've, I've got a photo yeah, up right here. <laughs> they were a bunch of techies from the, uh, from the acting department. It, it is so good. I mean, it, it looks perfect. like the car hit. Like I, I had no idea until I read the story that there wasn't literally a car that had crashed into a building. It was my my so. favorite part is it went far enough to have the rear suspension lifted up. Yeah, so it looks like there's yep. more weight over exactly. the front. It's just they nailed it. They did a very good job. So <laughs> I thought that was great. It's, it's yeah, it's fantastic. Just Everyone had a friend in high school with one of these white Grand Am four doors yeah. with the white three spoke. Every wheels, single one, so. and they left all the dirt on it. Yep. They got one with just the right amount of rust. Yep. And they painted all like the graduate like twenty eighteen like yeah like, the back window with the, the wax painting. pen. Yeah, the <laughs> wax pen. It's just perfect. And that's so funny. Like back when I, when I was in high school, I wanted to do something like that, but I, I couldn't get. I was actually um, the reason I didn't do that. Uh, back in high school, Trig and I wanted to take 
uh, our friend Mike's big lifted F-150 and drive it into the common area. Mm-hmm. And we were able, we did all the measurements. We got all, we got all the doors measured. It would fit perfectly if we folded in the mirrors and took off the light bar. And we did that. And Trig and I were about to like start unbolting the sink, the center, like kind of barrier yeah. for the door. So the two yep. swing doors will close on mm-hmm. it. And then we were beaten by incompetence. They used one different socket. Oh, no. There was one bolt. So it was engineered by BMW. Where instead was, of running yes. 17 10 millimeter bolts, they put 10, was, 10 mils, five Torx three, T30s, yeah, five yeah. five millimeter Allens, and two Phillips screws. Three uh, three eighths bolts. And then, I don't know what that means. Uh, about metric. a 10 millimeter. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, not quite a 10 millimeter, but, but about a 10 millimeter. Hmm. And then one. Now you're speaking my language. One single tamper proof. T30 torques. Oh, God. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> they thought of us. Clearly, they, they've they had knew a, we were going to be doing this. And so they're like, prank they're like, nope, it's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's the whole story. I just thought it was really, really funny and really well pulled off. Nick, that, did, the quote was pretty good, too. It was like, this is the worst thing our kids are going to do. We've got some pretty darn good kids. Like, nobody was even <laughs> mad. Yeah. No, it's great. just perfect. It's a, great, <laughs> it's a great prank. Nick, did you have anybody that did hilarious student pranks at I all when you're like, in school i didn't like school that much neither like, did my, i yeah i would i would try just to get away from it as much as i could like like, like the thought of like oh it's a prank like now that's work and all us going back to school i'm just gonna go janitor some computers yeah yeah i um it's boring <laughs> oh i'm kind of nerd so i was like I, I like the concept of it well so is nick and so am i and but like yeah. i like the concept of school um and I, I don't think I appreciated how good Edina was when I was there. But then I like meet people from Bloomington, and I'll oh, make dude. like it's like a caste system. Yeah, and I like I'll like make some like reference to like something I learned on like AP like astronomical physics, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Dude, quantum field theory, bro!" And they're just like, "Who are you? Why are you in my house?" <laughs> I would ask you that question in fairness, and I've known you for more than a decade. That's a good point. Yes. Um, all right, so I got uh, one more little piece of uh, news here that I want. This is the one that I, we skipped over twice now. Um, also, this will be my pre my pre war thing, but <laughs> I have my hand on the bell. Th- this one's actually pretty hilarious. Like you're you're gonna appreciate this. I don't think I will. So the Classic Car Club of America (CCCA) um, they're trying to get younger members to join because you know everybody that's in pre war cars is dead or dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what they're trying to do is they're trying to get people to join it by saying, Oh, not all of our cars are million dollar cars. There are really cheap cars. You can get, you can get very affordable cars. You can get ones that are as cheap as $50,000. Wow. <laughs> That's the because money will say $50,000 just laying around. It's like, yeah, let me just go buy this really clapped out Studebaker for like $50,000. Okay. But anyway, um, so bill. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so it's anyway, a good addition. She's, Thank you. she's like from old car horn. Yeah, we should. Uh, but no, she's from, <laughs> she's from Wisconsin though. Uh, Carol Johnson, the lady that is she running it really boring. And she has never met a person under the age of a hundred. Because <laughs> <laughs> like she just hasn't like it at uh, all, and they're also like mm. arbitrarily ending the club at 1948. Okay, because 
even though there's cars from like 1948 that were like very very much so that's 50s almost cars. a bell ringable moment it's right there. it's just it's i don't know it's uh they're Where trying is this store going anyway well, i'm just well, I'm, like saying that the cheapest car of their grossly enough. misinformed club is 50 grand no i'm just saying I, I think it's hilarious that they're trying to they're trying to get millennials by still like who are like think that that whole thing that they do is just disgusting and condescending okay by being more disgusting and condescending that's kind of <laughs> how i operate too so i'm not even mad you're not mad about no that? i'm not mad that's fine I, I, I'm whatever. disgusting and condescending, <laughs> so it's cool. But yeah, so the, these are also the same people that make Concourse Dalagons as douchey as it is. Um, God. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I can just feel the dry smugness. <laughs> I know, right? It's gross, isn't it? It's a club I of, hope so, to experience this at Car Week soon. It's a club right. of people who don't get any enjoyment out of their cars. Did you want to <laughs> do a Patreon topic today? Uh, no, we're doing that on the next episode. We only technically have to cover it once per week and this since we squeezed so much into this episode i'm just going to roll it into the next one which we're doing here in a few minutes for us but several days for our listeners so that's we'll do it for, for the wednesday episode. all right we'll do it for the wednesday one mm-hmm. cool let's end it with uh the interesting engineering i'm glad that we're keeping this topic going so yes yeah. uh interesting engineering uh i always said the first one i wanted to do was going to be the CVCC. I'm wanted, shocked. Let yeah. me pull up those photos you dumped. Actually, yeah, earlier. like they're. It's actually really cool. So basically, CVCC um, works by having an auxiliary intake port, which creates a, mig- a rich fuel mixture of gasoline, which, when ignited, um, escapes that auxiliary port into the main combustion port and basically turns into a gigantic spark plug, and then has a complete burn of everything. Um, so I have a picture of this here for Burger to see and for everybody to see. Uh, that's but me. it looks really complicated. This is all just the intake stuff. But I think it's actually really cool how they did that. Um, they I mean, were, it's better than BMW's idea from the similar time. And sure. in 1975, they were able to run a car without a catalytic converter and pass emissions, which is really cool using a carburetor. Mm-hmm. Because what they were trying to do is not use fuel injection. Which does not make sense by today's standards, but if you have you ever looked at any fuel injection from the late 1970s, it is all horseshit. I didn't want to upgrade my horse either. Yeah, well, no, I mean like you you didn't want to back then. I don't want to put shoes on my horse. There's a reason standard hooves for the win. There's a reason a lot of people like are a lot of like old like really old people hate fuel injection. Yeah, because if you look at the fuel injection on like a Datsun 280Z. Or CIS, like those are products say, of the 90s. Mercedes or Porsche. Yeah, those are all products of that 70s fuel injection. Anyway, uh, Honda so wanted. So hateful. I know Honda didn't want to make something shitty like that, so they made this. Uh, but uh, what's actually kind of a cool story here? Um, when they, I know, following my incredibly boring <laughs> story. No, I'm about reading the through your notes here. It's so, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so GM thought that was kind of like a douchey, like kind of like yeah, right, get out of here. That'll work on your little tiny cars. It's not going to work on a real car. Um, and I don't think that's going to work at all. And then they actually passed the emissions testing in California, which is like even stiffer yeah. than the rest of the country with flying colors. And Jim's like, oh, what the hell? That's stupid. And so they're <laughs> like... I guess they like licensed the tech. Then. Well, Honda was licensing. It's like a Zuzu had and a couple well, other sure. people. Well, why, um, not, why not grab the money? Exactly. And so uh, I think it was Bob Lutz particularly. I could be wrong about that if we ever have him on, which I don't think we will because I hate I, him. Very unlikely. I really hate Bob Lutz. I think he's cool. Bob Lutz. He got the he's C- a dinosaur. CTSV he's such a wagon. Dick. Yeah, wait. Yeah. No, he he does for every night cool thing he does. He yeah. does something equally as shitty. Yeah, but he still does cool stuff. He's a yeah. chaos agent of douchery. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like Bob Lutz. Um, 
so is he better than Doug DeMiro? Maximum. Oh yeah, way better. Okay. Like I, I would high five Bob Lutz and hang out with him for the rest of my life before I even have to like look Perfect. at Doug well, DeMiro. Well, if we ever get Bob Lutz on, I'll make sure that you feel better by just showing you like an entire morning full of Doug DeMiro. No, I, I'll be a, I'll be an ape. I'll be screaming and throwing things. <laughs> And like hanging from the rafters, and just I will have devolved. Um, South Park episode where they're in the water park which, and they pee on Randy while he's eating a banana. Which which three series did Bob Lutz have something to do with? Uh, I don't remember. It was all, I think it was a long time ago. It might have been the E30. I I I hope, it'd probably was. be the E36. Uh, I think it was before that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the E30. E30. Was it the E30? Yeah, yeah, so really. Bob Lutz is very old, so. Sorry, 30s. Yeah, he rolled one, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, all right. So the thing is, like, in his time, in his time, like. That prior to the 1980s, he yeah. was really cool, but he's not somebody that's like evolved with the times at all. No, yeah, he's a dinosaur, and that's my issue with For him. Sure. Is I mean, he like actively? He actively like creates problems for like cars. It's like when you see like one of those old people that are like, "Oh, car racers aren't in cars anymore. Cars are dead forever." Like people like that. Oh, there's every. Every generation, even half generation, that changes. Yeah. What? Well, oh, this is killing the the car. It's not going to be the same. The car. It, it, yeah, it, you know. It, like you know how amazing most of the shit that's on sale right now is still. Yeah. No, cars are perfectly fine. You're going to be okay. Like it's so hard to buy a piece of crap right now. I, w- I had somebody say that to me once a few years ago, Who and they it? said I, I can't remember some yeah. some jackass at AutoZone or something, and they said like, was oh well, every. No, oh. it was like ever since the ever since the carburetor went away, cars have all sucked. I'm like, I'm sure there was somebody who was saying that in the like 1920s. Said ever since the steam car went away, cars have all sucked. <laughs> Where's all my torque? Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, uh, Tom, you firing up your boiler? Gotta go to the store in three hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, so the story with uh, with Chevy is they didn't want to. They didn't think that CBCC would work because it was not. It was right. they because they had made too big of an in, of an engine, so. Honda bought, like, with their own money. That's kind of uh, so Honda bought with it. No, I mean, like, Soitro personally, because he was a really big GM fan. Uh, Isn't the, he the one that bought a Harley and made it run right? No, that was, um, that was the son, the founder of Mugen. But, uh, it's no, Soitro, it's true. Um, Soitro Honda had a uh, first-gen Firebird. Okay. Uh, he, he's actually, like, a big American car fan. Oh, that's um, too bad. Well, it was a cool thing in Japan to have an American car. I know. Um, I'm being deliberately obtuse as per the usual. <laughs> but uh, Hirotoshi Honda, that, that's who okay. uh, had the Harley. But um, I want to hear that thing. I know, right? A Harley a proper crankshaft. Yeah, <laughs> he like made a crankshaft for it. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so uh, with Bob Lutz or in GM not wanting to do that, uh, Soitro Honda wanted to prove that the technology actually works. So they sure. bought a small block Chevy glass mm-hmm. box Impala and a 2.5 liter Chevy Vega. Oh yeah. And put them both on a container and shipped them to Japan. He then made a cylinder head with CVCC technology on it for each of the cars, mm-hmm. brought him back to California, <laughs> took him to emissions, passed the emissions test and said, and gave the cars with the technology installed to GM and said, we can give them to you. We have the technology. We did all the hard work for you. You just need to produce it now. And mm-hmm. all we want, and all we want, is just a small license fee, like it's like like really really. And you small. don't have to put catalytic converters. Yeah, in your car. like you don't have to put catalytic converters in your car. You'll make more power and get better fuel economy, and not need a cat. Um, and you know why GM didn't do that? Pride. Sixty dollars. It was sixty dollars per cylinder head. So basically, in today's dollars, that's two hundred and eighty-five dollars. 
to have. How much a, does a catalytic converter cost? Like thirty. <laughs> like, oh, so it was, it was cheaper. Like, it was cheaper. Oh but man! The thing, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, the whole ah. ma- the whole issue with the malaise uh. was the fact that you were getting a hundred and fifty horsepower out of a. 5.7 liter V8 for shit like this. They didn't want oh, to put don't worry. I've got it. restrictor plates. That's yeah. my engineered solution. <laughs> don't you even worry about those emissions. So this that's your fun story for the end of it is uh, Honda like literally went out of their way to try and make these cars better, and they couldn't. Um, yeah, I, that, I, I, to- I totally believe that story without even reading into but, it. Oh, so, so uh, Nick, you're the only person here that doesn't know the story, or in our listeners, about Hirotoshi Honda. And the Harley. And the Harley Davidson. So Hirotoshi Honda, the founder of Mugen, like Honda's racing brand, um, he was a big fan of everything America, like his father. And he had always seen pictures of Harley Davidsons. He had never heard one, though. And so when he first got his driver's license, when he turned 18 in Japan, he had a Harley Davidson sent over. It was the first vehicle he bought was a Harley Davidson. And he got it. And he was like, I don't know why it runs like this. It runs wrong. And so he's... uh, He's like, it, I got it, I got it, and it was broken. So he goes through the entire engine, figures out what's wrong, redesigns the entire crankshaft. And probably a, cam, too. Puts a new camshaft and crankshaft into the engine to make it an even-firing uh, cross-point uh, crank as opposed to it's like odd-firing. It's like, like a 15-degree offset yeah. Yeah, even-fire V. Yeah, so he actually he made it like run like a normal engine. And anyway, so... When he brought, when story. he brought the uh, when uh, Honda was bringing Mugen to America, um, they had Jim Dentici from uh, King Motorsports in. Uh, I don't they, know if I know him. He's they're, they're uh, the direct import, the only importer of Mugen to date, and they oh, live okay. in uh, not they live they're from Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, oh, nice. or actually New Berlin, but um, close to the track. yeah whatever. It's it, they're from Road America basically. <laughs> Um, that, that entire corner of the state for me is Road Yeah, America, that's just so. that's just Road America. That's the one thing in Wisconsin. Um, now you got spotted cow just to yeah, the southwest you got that. of there. That's true. You do then, you do have spotted cow, and then you have some like like and then you have like Packers, East Stillwater, yeah, way on the anyway, west side. So um, he picked up Jim Dentici, the guy who's gonna be the future importer of all Mugen to America, and Jim's like, and Jim's like, oh yeah, Harley, what, what's going on with how it sounds? And here Toshi goes, oh, when I got the car, there's a manufacturing flaw and it was running wrong, so I had to fix it. And he goes, yeah, yeah. no, no, that's how it's supposed to run. He goes, no, it's not. That's not supposed to run like that. And he goes, no, that's the noise. Like, it's the most iconic part. And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's like... <laughs> like he had never heard one. He had only seen it. Like, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> this is like, it was like You're completely, wrong. like... It went completely over his head. That, that's how they're supposed to sound. I, I remember the first time you told me that story, leaving that big bike show in yeah. the River Center. I'm like, this warms that's my heart. the yeah. best story I've ever heard. <laughs> All right. So I think on that bombshell, that might end the show. Yeah, Nick, we're, did yeah, you have any other points you wanted to speak on? No, nah, that's about it. I, I'm about still it. railing on the Lutz thing. I mean, <laughs> Cats are good. Yeah, he found a BMW Motorsport. Did he really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. You found oh. that out? Yeah. I did just, not know that. He's responsible for the CTSV too. Yeah, I knew the CTSV, yeah. but I, I didn't know he founded BMW Motorsport. Yeah, to, it was it was to get BMW right, so back maybe, into racing. Maybe I shouldn't say that I hate I him. I love Bob Lutz. Yeah, he's a I, guy. I can't say that I love him because it's a, it's a love and hate thing. That's a, I guess a good way to put you it. You can hate him, I'll love him. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I, I shouldn't say that I hate him because I do. I did not know he founded BMW Motorsports. Like that actually does change how I feel about him a little bit but 
Hmm. I don't know. It's he's still on my on my favorite people list. I'm gonna put him like he's on the same level as Carlos Gozen of Renault Nissan. He's our benevolent overlord. Yes, he is. He isn't my benevolent. I'm my not sure exactly how. In fact, you can be your benevolent overlord. I will pick Bob Lutz. All right, so we have our Perfect. own benevolent overlords. Done. You have Bob Lutz. Problem I have Carlos Gozen. And on that bombshell, on that bombshell, we bid end. you adieu. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll Thank catch you, you on Wednesday.